everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Emotional and Buffination Podcast. On Emotional Buffination, we are working on becoming emotionally buff enough to overcome any conflict in life. And just as importantly, we're trying to soar to new levels of success and happiness. And that's what this is all about. The podcast is just one of a bunch of resources I have available. You can also check out the Emotional Buffination website, which is em. B U F F I N A T I O N.com and buffination.com. On today's show, I had the opportunity to interview Michael Orit uh, from Orit Mediation, and he is a family law mediator, uh, which means that he's dealing with people that are in the most extreme emotional situations because they're going through divorces and fights over their children and who gets custody and that kind of thing. So, this is kind of a perfect look into emotions in my mind. And this is a lot of where I came from. So I hope you enjoy this. I very much did myself. I I thought the whole interview was really interesting. I enjoy talking to Michael and I hope you do as well. So check it out. All right, Michael, how are you doing? Oh, wow. I I am so happy to be here with you, David. Uh, thanks Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Thanks for agreeing to do this. So before we get into anything else, um, introduce yourself, kind of tell me who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Michael Orrit, and I am the co-founder with my wife, Karen Orrit, of the Orrit Center for Divorce Mediation, uh, located in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, and I mediate healthy divorces. Uh, we dedicate our entire practice now um, for mediators strong, uh, who are full-time mediators with the practice uh, to helping people through a healthy divorce from beginning to end without court, without fighting. Uh, we, uh, we improve their communication strategically and uh, we work um, very thoughtfully to reduce their conflict. Um, and in doing so are able to help them reach their best possible agreement. That's our goal. Every moment we're working with them, we're able to do it uh, in a matter of two to four months for the vast majority of cases um, at a fraction of the cost uh, of average litigation. Uh, We're setting people up for healthy co-parenting and we're allowing for their healing to begin sooner and for some people to begin at all uh, by really avoiding the, the harmful effects that litigation often causes. But it sounds like you're speaking speaking my language right now because the the project I've got going, emotional and buffination, is all about kind of dealing with conflict and particularly the emotional aspects of conflict. Um, before I jump into kind of the emotional side of this, just for anybody that's not aware, can you explain kind of what mediation is? Because you said kind of going through that and that can be you know a better alternative than going through litigation or something. What what does that mean? Like just what's the distinction between going through? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So to really break it down, really kind of uh, put it in its simplest terms, um, litigation is an adversarial process, right? It's adversarial uh, because each party, each spouse, husband and wife, mom and dad, are going to hire their own attorney. And one of the first things that most attorneys that I know will tell their clients is that they're no longer able to communicate with one another about the substantive issues. The communication happens through attorneys and attorneys typically approach one another with demands rather than requests and conversation. 
And so when two sides are approaching each other with demands, there is an inevitably resistance. And so you have an adversarial process that causes friction and conflict and escalation of conflict. And it distracts the focus from the issues and from what people actually need, what their interests are, why the things that they want are important to them, and instead becomes a zero-sum game of win and lose, of who's the better parent, of who's the worst person. And that is, in a nutshell, what many litigated cases look and feel like, as opposed to mediation, where instead of each party being represented formally by an attorney who fight, both parties work together with a neutral professional mediator, who in most cases is an attorney who's not acting as an attorney. Instead, that person is neutral. And that person is gonna help these two people together, in many cases, in all cases in my office, in the same room, now the same Zoom room, online via Zoom, right? That person is going to help raise the issue, tell them the law, and then facilitate a conversation strategically so that they're able to express what they want, what they need, why they need it. And that mediator is going to help understand both of their needs and help them create agreements that incorporate as many of those things as possible so that they're able to, at the end of mediation, have their best possible agreements. They haven't gone to court. They haven't slugged it out. They may have gotten legal advice from an attorney along the way. And David Enavoldson is one of our absolute favorites of all time, who believes in a healthy process and is willing to support clients who are in mediation without charging a retainer, which is a testament to David's belief in the, pro in the process, uh, a belief in the integrity of mediation. Uh, which those in the mediation community appreciate. They can get advice, but they're going to do it in a very different way. And that's going to, instead of deteriorate their relationship, it's going to strengthen their relationship. And many of our clients are parents and they need to stop fighting so that they can protect what's best for their kids, their kids' health and well-being. So that gives you a little bit of a difference, right? Or a lot bit. No, I, I think that's spot on. And um, I, Speaking as somebody who spent a lot more time, um, and I'm putting my attorney hat on here, speaking as someone who spent a lot more time on that litigation side, you know, as one of those two that's, you know, butting heads and, and trying to, um, even even in scenarios where, it, number one, it, it does happen like that a lot. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where I just talk to another attorney and it's, your client did this and you need to do this. And then I go back to my client and they get super defensive and everything just kind of fireballs out of control very quickly. Um, and who's involved, I think, can make a big difference in terms of how much it fireballs. But even when you have people with, with their best intentions as attorneys are coming together, trying to work things out, for some reason, be, when I put on the hat of, hey, here's all your rights, let's make sure we're protecting your rights. There's a very different mindset, I think, that comes out in the process than when you've got somebody who's a neutral third party standing there saying, how do we get you guys to an agreement so you can move on with life? Um, and that's you know reasonable to everybody. And it's even in those scenarios where everybody's trying to keep the right hat on and do their best to be fair and, and come to a resolution, it very often ends up 
becoming a big fight and going to trial or something like that. So I, I love the mediation process. Um, I think there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, so th I think that was a great description. Thank you for that. Um, and at the same time, David, I just want to add that you're right. It really depends on who is involved in the process, even in a court process, right? Even in the litigation process where attorneys work with clients to help de-escalate and better regulate their own emotions mm -hmm. as opposed to fire up those emotions and stoke the flames, you are going to have a very different outcome. And attorneys have an amazing choice, right? It is a serious choice um, that will affect hundreds, if not thousands of families that they work with and it will affect their own lives. They have a choice to fan the flames of conflict in how they speak to their clients and how they present information to their clients and what they do and don't do for their clients, right? Or how they help clients because of their objectiveness, you know, because of their um, friendliness toward the idea of collaboration, because they reject the notion that spouses are going through divorce should be enemies. And so divorce attorneys have a, they're at a crossroads when they begin practice, which way are they gonna go? And my fear is that too many have gone down a path that they may not have intended to, but because of whatever forces exist out there, they're on that path. And I wanna tell you, here in Arizona, um, I want to start to redirect um, divorce attorneys uh, to still be able to do the work they do, but understand the needs of children psychologically and emotionally, understand their coping behaviors that are normal, that cause many child custody battles, David, right? Normal child coping behaviors that are used by parents in court against one another to attain parenting time, to attain legal decision-making authority, right, are normal. And where, um, where attorneys have that information, and that's just one example of a plethora of, of, of education, right, that attorneys can be passing on to their, to their clients, yep. right? When clients are informed, Right. When an attorney is a counselor at law, they are able to make better decisions and the cases would look very different if, if, if there was a turn in the culture of, um, of, of family law. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, there and if there is any place that emotion pops up uh, more than any other, I think it's in the family law arena. Um, just because it's, you know, people feel like they're losing their spouses, they're, you know, they're dealing with affairs, they're dealing with like the perception that they're losing their children or sometimes the reality that they're losing their children. Uh, and so I, their emotions run very high. And I, I feel like it's more extreme in this, the, the family law universe than anywhere else. Um, maybe we can talk about that a little bit because that is, of course, the emotional embuffination, um, emotional stuff. So, you're, you're dealing with divorces, custody fights, that kind of thing. Um, tell me a little bit about, I mean, do you have any 
tricks, tips, concepts um, that you use or employ during the mediation process to kind of manage some of these extreme um, negative emotions that pop up? Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, but but we have a few minutes, and and we could do a ten part series on this topic, David. Maybe, maybe we, we could pick one or two. <laughs> Just I, drop okay. it. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, you know, uh, I, gosh. I mean, we 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 operate. We are strategic uh, mediators, right? We're strategic in our approach, um, and so we have um, honestly well over a hundred. Uh, mediation techniques, uh, mediation strategies um, in what we call our own glossary, um, that moment to moment working with people, uh, we utilize. One of the overarching techniques um, in terms of, uh, you know, managing emotion uh, in others uh, is actually based on um, a Japanese martial art known as Aikido. Uh, are you familiar with uh, the martial art Aikido? Yeah. I am extremely familiar with the martial art Aikido. I actually did it for uh, many years. I used to teach it. I have a second degree black belt in Aikido. Whoa. <laughs> so yes, I have some familiarity with it. Oh, I haven't studied God. it in a while. It's oh my. I'm going to go now. Uh, see you later, everybody. Uh, I was going to talk about it, but that's probably not a good explain, idea. Explain the concept. <laughs> I mean, I, in fairness, I haven't done it for a while, so it's it's not it's not fresh. Um, I actually stopped doing it when I went into law school, um, but for quite some time, it was a major part of my life. So I, I do have a lot of respect for the art and uh, the concepts coming out of it. But please explain. <laughs> um, wow. No, no pressure. Yeah. Uh, goodness, goodness, goodness. Um, uh, yeah, so let me explain. Uh, let me plug this in first off. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> let, let, me, let me try to explain now, um, as I'm, I'm visibly blushing, of course. Um, you know, Aikido is kind of based on this notion that um, force follows force blindly. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's based on really, I think, the idea that, that centers around the notion of resistance, right? Um, that, that normally when someone pushes us, we resist that force. Uh, when someone pulls us, we resist uh, that force. And, and it's based on the idea that when we resist, that causes conflict, right? That notion of, you know, someone is pushing and here you are and you resist that, you've now created conflict, right? And, and so when we, when, we, um, when we create conflict, there, there's a winner and, and a loser. A, a, a conflict is a contest. And so Aikido uh, really kind of focuses on this notion of active non-resistance. That's what Karen, my wife and I have have really kind of framed it as um, active non-resistance. It's, it's we don't resist the force. Uh, don't worry, that's not passiveness. Okay, don't confuse that with passiveness at all. Um, what we do is anything but passive. Uh, it's extremely active, but it's, it's do no harm, right? So, so in Aikido, uh, when Aikidoists are practicing, they, they center themselves, they, they move in the same direction 
as the challenger. So someone comes at them, uh, comes at them strong, instead of meeting that force and resisting it, they move with that force um, and are able to control the situation uh, in a much more uh, effective way. Uh, in Aikido, the first step is neutralizing the aggression through not resisting the force and then actually stepping in, moving closer to the other, right? On an emotional level. Um, Can you give me how that works, like translate? So, I, I mean, I get the, of course, I get the concept physically. How, how does that translate into emotions? Um, so somebody's, somebody's like all upset about, you know, some issue in, a, in the family law arena. Like, how does that, how does that physiologically translate into the emotional framework? Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So, all right, I'm in a mediation. I'm in a mediation and I've got mom and dad right there. And um, one of the parents says, I want full custody. I want full custody of those kids. I have a choice in that conversation. I can resist that. What do you mean you want full custody? No. Do you really want full custody? Do you know what full custody means? There are thousands of responses that I could give as a mediator, uh, as, as anyone on the other side of that statement. But what we're going to do first in Aikido uh, to manage that emotion and to shift that emotion, to shift that person's thinking and emotions, because the thinking and emotions are obviously connected, right? We think, therefore, we are. Um, we, we, we think and we feel, and so we can disrupt that, um, in a very graceful way. Now we can neutralize that by acknowledging it, right? I want full custody. Maybe there's no response. They're my kids. Maybe the response is, I hear you. I hear you. You got to let that energy pass. If you stop that energy, you cause conflict. That person has an emotional venting that they need to do. They get it out. I want full custody. They're my kids. Let it pass. Let it go. That actually neutralizes the aggression. Okay, that's the first step to neutralizing aggression is letting, letting that aggression pass. And then then we want to get closer to that person. We want to strengthen trust, right? Neutralize aggression, strengthen trust. How do we do that? Well, let's align with them. So I want full custody. They're my kids. My response, you love your kids very much. I can, I can, I can feel that. Yes, they say. I have a line with them now. Right? And, and, and you want to spend as much time uh, with your kids as possible, don't you? Yes, they say, yes, exactly. Then I continue, now that I've strengthened trust, I'm not their adversary, I'm their friend, because I am, because I care. It's gotta come from a place of care. And maybe my response is, well, of course, um, we know. We know that it's essential to 
the kid's psychological and, and emotional well-being uh, to have a meaningful relationship with, with both their mom uh, and their dad uh, because they need both of you. Absolutely. We've shifted. We've shifted. Right? And now I'm going to redirect them. I'm going to main, con maintain control. You know, I'm going to continue this education right, that I was talking about earlier. You know, many parents, I might say, in similar circumstances have found uh, an approach uh, that works uh, with parenting time that they like and, and, and their kids like it. Uh, hey, let's take a look at this uh, 2255 schedule. You know, there are others I can show you, but I'm just curious, you know, what do you think about this? You know, could something like this work? What do you like about it? And then they tell you what they like because you've asked them. You've tapped into something deeper than their surface, surface level emotional outburst that came from a place that they don't really even fully understand. They weren't, they weren't mindful in that moment. And, and now I've engaged them. I've neutralized their aggression. I've strengthened the trust. I've redirected, I've shifted direction. I've maintained control of myself and I've helped that person maintain control of themselves because now they're looking at that parenting plan. They're assessing it. And, and maybe they're saying, well, actually this could make sense. You know, I wanna learn more about this. I wanna understand more about it. And in 10 seconds, we've got a different ball game. I like it. And I, you've tapped into several things there that, that resonate with me. Um, the, the book that I wrote, Emotional Embuffination, um, there's a chapter. Well, there's a couple different chapters that I think tap into directly what you're describing. Um, one is all about cognitive dissonance, because uh, very often I think people are yelling about things that aren't exactly what they're actually yelling about. Um, sometimes there's emotion coming out and it comes through a certain framework. You know, I want full custody of my kids and really, you know, two weeks ago, they were in an equal parenting plan arrangement and now all of a sudden they want full custody. And why did that change? Oh, they found out about the affair. You know, like sometimes there's just some other thing that's going on that they're really upset about. And the thing that they're reacting about is not the thing that they're really reacting about. Um, and so if you're responding to that thing, you start to create defensiveness. And that goes into another chapter I have in my book, which is all, um, I, it's described, I describe it as don't argue with facts. Um, because I think very often the impulse for people is to say, let me tell you why all the things you just said are wrong, which almost never works. Uh, I mean, all through 2020, I was watching people on the Internet saying, let me tell you why the opposite political position is totally wrong. I don't I don't remember a single person reading a bunch of comments that they were fighting with someone online that went, oh, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm going to embrace this opposite viewpoint. It just made everybody more pissed off um, and created more toxic environment. And I think the same thing is true in like the family law context or anywhere else. Um, when you just, just as you described with, with the Aikido framework, you know, if you just come at someone and you're you know just defensive or arguing with them, it, it really just escalates the problem. It doesn't get you anywhere. Um, I really like this concept that, and, and the framework you've used for it. Uh, it, it resonates with me on, on different levels as I, awesome. um, well, maybe that's a good one to kind of end with for now, because I, I like the idea of just taking one nugget. It seems like we could do more with this. Um, did, did you have additional thoughts on that? Or? You know, uh, I just invite me back sometime. Yeah, we, have I would love to do some more of these. Um, maybe we can kind of turn it down there so we don't turn this into too long. Um, if somebody does want to reach out to you, say somebody's going through a divorce or kind of dealing with some custody thing, and they're like, I want to try out a mediator. How do they? And I'll add some links to anywhere I post this, but how would they reach out to you? 
you know, uh, the first thing that they could do is just come to our website. All of our contact information is there. It's auritmediation.com. Uh, the last name is A-U-R-I-T mediation.com. Uh, and you can learn all about us and our team uh, and how we can help people uh, have the healthiest possible divorce. Awesome. All right. And I'll, I'll post a link. Like I said, um, we're, I'll put this on YouTube, I, I think. Um, and I'll have a link there. So if, if somebody wants to check out Michael, um, I can, I've worked with him for a number of years now. We, we kind of go way back now, it seems. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of good stuff come out of, you know, Michael, I've seen him directly working. And I think he's super patient, super calm. Um, he's got a really, I don't, I don't know what your numbers are, but I've seen a lot of cases settle effectively coming out of your office. So I know he does good work. I know he's, he's really, really helpful in terms of um, bringing people to agreement and kind of getting through divorces or custody fights effectively. Um, so I, I highly recommend him. I think he's a, a great mediator. Um, with that, uh, I, I think we can probably wrap up today and maybe we'll have to reconvene because I think that uh, we are very much on a similar page in terms of uh, the emotional stuff. And I would like to convene with you some more about some other techniques and tricks, because it, it sounds like you might have some very similar concepts that I do, or maybe some different concepts than I do, but you're coming from a different angle. So I, I'd like to converse some more about these, but for now, maybe I'll, uh, I'll let it wrap up. So thank you for, for letting me interview you today. I very much appreciate it. And uh, go check out Michael if you, if you need a media. <laughs> there you go. All right. So that's all we have for this week's show. I hope you found something in here useful. I hope you got some little nugget uh, that you were able to use to improve your emotional states or reduce conflict in your life or to do something to make your life or people around you's lives better. Remember, you got to keep working on this stuff. Emotionally, emotional embuffination is all about working on it. It's not, you don't go to the gym and then just do one rep of something and then walk away and say, I'm buff forever. You keep going, you go on a daily basis. Same thing is true with your emotional states and your emotional strength. So you got to keep working on it. I hope to see you again next week on the next show. Remember the ideal state here is to become emotionally strong enough to go from saying the struggle is real to saying what struggle because everything just becomes so easy to deal with. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you next time.